Super Talk Mississippi media production. Joining us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline from the Louisville Courier-Journal, John Hale. John, I'm going to start off with congratulations. I know you're a big Liverpool fan. It is. It's a big week. I mean, uh, I was a little skeptical, and, and maybe this is good news for all the college football fans out there, what it would feel like when your team wins a title with you know nobody in the stands and this kind of weird... Uh, sporting world we're living in right now, and, and I can tell you it's just as exciting as you, as you might think it'd be. So uh, it was a good week for Liverpool all around. Enjoy it, enjoy it. All right, let's talk about Mississippi State, Kentucky. Normally, this is you know sort of the SEC opener for State. In years past, it's usually I think the second game in the in the conference that Kentucky will normally get Florida ahead of this. Now it's been moved all the way back uh, into the November. Just on the surface, does that do anything for you? Does that make this game? Does, does it feel any different for you? I mean, I think for Kentucky in this specific instance, it probably helps a little bit uh, because if they want to be a dark horse contender in the East, they I think they they almost have to beat Mississippi State, and so you want that game in a in a moment where maybe you've got a little more things figured out, especially with all the confusion, you know, you know, half a spring practice canceled and summer conditioning delayed and all those things. I think it's going to take it some time for a lot of these teams to click 100%. And Kentucky, that's especially true because they have such a question at quarterback with Terry Wilson coming off injury. So for them and how important that game is to their season, I think it doesn't hurt to have you know know what you're going to have in Terry Wilson a little better as opposed to playing you know, the third or fourth game of the year when he's coming back from this long-term injury. Uh, in that instance, I think it, it it helps a little bit for Kentucky, but just in terms of the overall feel of the game, I, I don't think when it's played matters nearly as much as, as what it's going to look like in terms of fans and all those other questions we still have. And, of course, this game, if you look at the schedule, between Tennessee and Georgia uh, for Kentucky, is there some, I, I, I love using this term, trap game potential? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely possible. And, you know, we'll obviously know more when we get closer in terms of what's at stake, uh, that happened to Kentucky two years ago. Uh, and, you know, they were ten and three, their best season in thirty years in, in 20, uh, 2018. And that season, they they had a game for the East against Georgia uh, at home. You know, winner take all for the SEC East, basically a play in game, and they lost. And then there was such a let- letdown the next week. They went to Knoxville and just got kind of shellacked by a pretty bad Tennessee team overall. Kentucky has lost to all sorts of Tennessee teams, good and bad, over the last 30 years pretty consistently. So, you know, maybe that's a fluke in of itself. But we've seen this as a team, a program at least, that has, you know, occasionally had one of those letdown games. And with a rivalry game like Tennessee, if you win that one, uh, you're probably riding high. Uh, at that point, you probably have a pretty good chance to contend to the East. Maybe you look ahead a little bit to Georgia in the next week. If you lose to Tennessee, that might have tanked. Uh, whatever hopes you have of contending in the East with Georgia still on the schedule, uh, and then maybe there's a little bit of a letdown. So I think absolutely being between those two games, you know, adds a, a lot of intrigue to how what Kentucky's mindset will be that week. You know, if you ask Dan Mullen, this is a rivalry game as well. So you know, just just keep that keep that in mind. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the SEC office thinks it's a rivalry yeah. game. They play yeah. every year. Um, you mentioned Terry Wilson. That injury last year was one of the nastiest I've ever seen. Just just an awful. Awful injury for him. How far along is he in his recovery? And, and is there any question in your mind that he will be the starting quarterback for Kentucky this year? Yeah, I mean, he tweeted a couple days ago now that he could finally say he's 100%. We haven't gotten any official word in terms of what that means. Uh, but all spring before they you know, canceled practice, Mark Stoops told us that he fully expected Terry Wilson to be ready for the opener. 
we've gotten a lot of flack at various points as media people. If you question anything about Terry Wilson's status or his performance or whatever, I actually wrote Kentucky's preview for the Athlon magazine, too. And overall, I was very glowing about all the depth and, and the weapons they have in almost every position. But it you know, noted, I think fairly, that there's a huge question at quarterback because uh, Terry Wilson obviously has the injuries coming back from Kentucky coaches and players and his teammates take up for him all the time and his family's very vocal on social media and, and point out he's got a he's eleven and three as a quarterback, which you just don't see at Kentucky very often. He won a lot of those eleven games because of Benny Snell or Lynn Bowden or somebody else. Uh, he, missed, he didn't carry them himself to any of those games, but you can't can't argue with the record. So I have less questions about his performance than just what he's going to look like health-wise. I mean, what is, you know, that's a serious injury. We've seen some players come back in a year and be fine. We've seen other players in various sports have that linger for a long time afterwards. It was not a torn ACL. It was a torn patellar tendon, which, you know, according to some people can be a little more serious. So I think it's a huge question. If he's going to be ready 100%, he says he is, but we'll see on September 3rd. And if he is ready, how much rust is there to, to break off? And if Terry's not ready or if he's rusty or if he's not the same quarterback he was before the injury, if he's lost some mobility, there are even more questions for Kentucky behind that. Joey Gatewood, the transfer from Auburn, you would think would be the number two guy, but he needs a waiver to play for play this year to not sit out. And with Auburn on the Kentucky schedule, I have a hard time imagining that's going to get approved. Sawyer Smith, former Troy quarterback, is was Terry's backup last year. He looked pretty good against Florida the first game in after the injury, but then he got a wrist injury of himself and a shoulder injury, and he was basically the worst starting quarterback in FBS the next two weeks. And, and we all know from there they went to Lynn Bowden, quarterback, and we know what happened. At that point, is he the guy we saw against Florida, or is he the guy the next two weeks when he was banged up? And then uh, they have a freshman in Bo Allen who's a, is a really highly touted recruit, a four-star kid. But he's a freshman. Uh, we don't know. I mean, he needs time to learn. Nick Scalzo, their other quarterback, uh, was a three-star quarterback out of, out of high school. Some people probably know him from the QB1 show on Netflix. He was one of the three guys featured in that last season. He tore his ACL last year, missed the whole year for the second time. So he's got huge questions. And, and I don't think there are any easy answers at quarterback. If everybody's healthy, I expect Terry Wilson to be the starter. But I still have questions until we see him play in terms of what he's going to look like, what 100% for Terry Wilson means now. We mentioned Dan Mullen uh, a little bit ago. Of course, when he was in Starfield, Mississippi State had a lot of success in in this series and I think went into the the Kentucky game pretty confidently when Mullen was here. Of course, Kentucky's kind of – they they built themselves up uh, into quite a program the last couple of years and things. I'm curious, just what is the perception of Mississippi State from from the Kentucky angle now? That this game, how, how is it viewed? Yeah, it's interesting I, I, because I mean you're absolutely right. I mean Dan Bowen absolutely owns Kentucky just overall. I mean they they did get the win against Florida a couple of years ago. Finally lost into that streak, not only in the streak against Florida, which was you know 30 years at the time, but also ending the streak against Mullen. And so I, I think that there was definitely a respect level among Kentucky fans for Mississippi State as a program when he was there, but mostly for him as a coach and knowing how hard the the kind of road to, to hoe ahead there, whatever you want to say, was for Kentucky. But I also think there was this weird perception from the time before Mullen 
and the time before Mark Stoops, when you know Rich Brooks was here, and uh, and Kentucky and Mississippi State were, you know, let's face it, you know, generally at the bottom of their division, sometimes competing for bowl eligibility, who wins that game, and that was always a game Kentucky fans circled on the schedule, and not not as a must win by any, or as a definite win by any means, but a, a game they thought they could be competitive in every year, and it seemed to take several years, even though that Mississippi State was just owning them, frankly, with Mullen there for that perception to catch up and by the time it actually did he left and we we've seen the strides that kentucky have made has made the last couple years and kind of closing the gap between not only mississippi state but also the bottom half of the east that they play every year tennessee vanderbilt south carolina missouri i mean kentucky has got wins against all those programs in the last few years tennessee being the one that they've had the most trouble with so i I think now uh, kentucky fans kind of view all of that tier of teams in the same conversation as Kentucky, they get a little offended now when people pick South Carolina or Missouri ahead of them. I'm sure they would get offended a little bit about you know people assuming that Mississippi State would would beat them now. I think that's just how fans work. But I I, I do think that there's a kind of there's a, a a notice of how important that game is to Kentucky's season every year if they want to do things special because the other game they're going to get out of the West year to year might be really hard. I mean, if you get Arkansas, you're in pretty good shape. If you get Auburn at Auburn like they do this year, that that's a problem. And if you're going to get into the East, you need every win you can get. So I think there's respect, but uh, I do think that this is a game Kentucky fans look at most years and say, uh, we can win that and we should. We need to if, if we're going to do what we want to. The easiest question is the hardest question. Who replaces Lynn Bowden? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't uh, well, in terms of who's going to replace him on the field, just at, at his position at slot receiver where he played before they moved the quarterback, uh, they've got a couple options, uh, neither of them nearly as good as him. Uh, Cleveland Thomas, who's a, a junior now, he's uh, he's had some moments at times, but nobody really in their wide receiver group is super proven. Uh, in terms of a go-to option at receiver, they hope that it's Josh Ali, the senior, I mean, None of Kentucky's receivers got many passes in the second half of the season last year with both the quarterback, but Ali was the one guy who had a really nice moment in the bowl game, the Belk Bowl against Penn State. He caught the game-winning touchdown on the last play. He had a really nice game. They kind of hope that that's going to catapult him into a big season as a senior. He can move around a little bit on the field. In terms of a skill set production, probably the best hope they have is Mike Drennan, the freshman they signed from Columbus, Ohio, four-star recruit had offers from basically all the big programs in the Midwest, uh, including Ohio State and Pitt, Kentucky. Uh, he's a do-everything kind of guy. He was rated as a running back, actually, uh, by a lot of services, but they're going to play him at slot receiver. He'll be in the backfield. He'll probably do some wildcat, do similar things to Lynn Bowden, but he's not going to be Lynn Bowden next year by any means. Mark Stoops, obviously, a reputation as a defensive guy. What does his defense look like in 2020? Yeah, that should be their real strength. I mean, we talked about the questions of quarterback. We talked about the questions of replacing Lynn Bowden. Their offensive line's great, but on defense, they have almost every important player back from a year ago and some additional uh, players that are coming in that really help them on the line. They're as deep as they can be. Uh, they lost two starters there, but they moved Josh Pascal, former four-star recruit, from outside backer to, to the line, so that's going to fill one of the holes. they got Phil Hoskins, uh, six-year senior, back. Uh, he got a, a waiver to have a six-year of eligibility because he missed all of last year with an injury. He missed the previous year with an injury, so he's back to fill in those two holes in the line. Uh, then they've got 
really good outside linebacker depth. A couple young guys, uh, freshmen that got the red shirt last year, J.J. Weaver, Katie McDaniel, were very high on behind their starters. Uh, they did have a hit at inside linebacker this offseason. Chris Oates, the guy they, they projected to start, uh, had a, a medical issue that we don't really have a lot of details on other than it's not COVID-related that has him in a rehab facility right now, so nobody really expects him to play this fall. Uh, maybe his football career is very much up in the air, but they have a little bit of depth there, and then the secondary is really, really strong in terms of it was the big question a year ago. Basically, no one had played any important snaps that they had available, and they really overperformed. And so now they have a bunch of young guys, sophomores, uh, a few juniors coming back with lots and lots of experience. They get Devontae Robinson, uh, their senior safety, who was probably their best defensive back going into the season, missed all of last year back from injury, too. So that's the side of the ball that, that really could win them games. The, the defense two years ago for Kentucky in that 10-win season was probably the best they'd had since the 70s. Uh, and if everything clicks right, this could this could absolutely rival that group this year. Just to look beyond the, this year and, and sort of look at this program as a whole, is there another step to take for Kentucky? Can they be a program that, that gets on the same tier as Georgia and Florida? I don't know that they can recruit at that level, but is there a way for them to, to become a team that gets to the SEC championship game? Maybe not with regularity, yeah, I, but gets there. <laughs> that's, that's the huge question. I mean, it has Mark Stoops reached the peak. I mean, this is basically the spot. It's a little better, but that Rich Brooks had them in 10 years ago where they were winning seven games every year, going to bowl games. Uh, Stoops has done the one thing Brooks didn't do in terms of every three or four years you have a really special season, get the 9-10 wins. They've done that once now for the first time since 1977. I think this year, if they get a quarterback, that it's circled as one of those kind of years again. But we, we know that Georgia's not going away anywhere the way they recruit. We know that with Dan Mullen at Florida, that program's about to probably take off and start rolling. The gap is not going to get any closer between Kentucky and those teams than it is right now. So it, it does feel like it's kind of at this cusp that where if they're ever going to get to an SEC championship game in this kind of setup, it probably needs to happen now. I mean, Mark Soups has recruited at a level that we have not seen in Kentucky. I mean, the class they just signed is, is the best one he's signed yet. Uh, it's, you know, they have a five-star defensive lineman in Justin Rogers coming from Michigan, a top player in Michigan who had offers from Michigan, Michigan State, is coming to Kentucky. He's a guy who could help this year immediately as a freshman. If they can keep adding guys like that on both lines where they're really strong, you know, I think they can keep in this spot where they're certainly in contention for that third team in the East every year. But it's a matter of do you need Georgia to have a hiccup? Do you need Florida to stumble a little bit to get in that in that conversation. And it seems like just with the way those two programs recruit, that's probably going to be the case. I mean, I, I do think that every three, four, five years, Kentucky can have a team where they could be in the conversation, but being in the conversation and actually getting to Atlanta are two very different things. Until we see them do it, I'm going to have major questions if that's ever going to be realistic. Very very similar to what we say about Mississippi State down here in Starville. What's the average low in uh, mid-November in Lexington? Ooh, let's see. I mean, uh, the the weather here tends to go directly from about 85 to 40 overnight. It seems like sometimes I don't know that we get a, much of a fall anymore. Uh, but in November, I think you're probably on the worst case days, looking right around freezing. It it doesn't get like. I mean, we've had some really cold winters the last couple of years where you know it was single digits for several weeks. But most of that comes December, January time. I would hope in November you don't really have to worry about a lot of snow, but it's at least possible. Well, at least the, the press box is closed up there. We, we've got that working. There you go. There. All right. John Hale from the uh, Louisville Courier-Journal. Thanks so much for joining us here, man. We appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.